You're listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel bosses just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by launching digital products online. I'm your host, Eden Freed. Let's learn to launch. Welcome back. It's time to talk about tech, but without the headache. Angela Tan is joining us today to talk all about stress-free tech and automation setup using her 4S framework. Angela is the founder of the Systems RX, and she currently resides in Tampa, Florida. As a tech and automation specialist, she has supported online coaches and course creators with the tech and automation build-out for multiple six- and seven-figure launches using her 4S framework. Before the deep dive tech talk that you're going to love, trust me, don't forget that if you want to learn about how to launch your digital product in the next 90 days, I've got a free roadmap that's going to show you exactly how to do that step-by-step. Head on over to edenfree.com forward slash RBL to grab your free copy before you forget. All right, please join me in welcoming Angela. Hi, Angela. So excited to have you here for this conversation today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so tell me, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got started. Yeah, so my name is Angela Tan. I'm the founder of the Systems RX. I am a tech and automation specialist, and I help online coaches and course creators launch evergreen funnels without the tech overwhelm. Um, how I got started, it's a little bit of a long story, but I gave birth to my son in 2018. And when he was six months old, he needed open heart surgery. And A little bit after he was recovering from the surgery, I was let go from my job at that time. Um, This, the whole story is kind of, kind of messy, but I needed a a job that I could have flexibility of working from home and, you know, going to all these appointments with him. So I started as a general VA in January of 2019. Um, And I was working for business coaches and marketing coaches just doing all sorts of like general admin tasks, really like a catch all for the business because it was like a small team of three at the time. And out of all of the tasks that I got to take on, I found that I especially enjoyed all the tech and automation stuff. Um, And I had to set up an evergreen webinar funnel for one of my clients and I loved, loved it so much. And I started offering that as a service. And after doing it a couple of times, I developed a framework, which we'll talk about today that helps you streamline the whole tech and automation setup process. And now I can set up evergreen funnels in just six hours with my VIP day. Wow. Okay. So how'd you even figure out that the world of VAing existed? Did you know people who were doing it? Somehow Facebook was listening and I got an ad. (laughs) Facebook always is listening. Let's be real. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I must've like caught like a text message I was sending to my husband or something where they were just like, would you like to work from home or like something like that? And I was like, yes, I do. (laughs) And like, it was a workshop type thing. I mean, basically what I build for course creators now, you know, you start with the workshop and then they pitch you at the end of the workshop. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got lured into this world. Look at that. Now you came full circle. That's exciting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing when you were VAing, you said you were a catch-all. So you probably saw a lot of different tools, right? Oh, yes. So many different tools. And like, so you just kind of fell in love with the integration of everything and making it all flow seamlessly. Yeah, because I feel like once you master 
um, one tool, especially when it comes to like email marketing tools, you kind of get an idea of how they all work. Um, so now I feel like even if there is a tool that I'm not familiar with at over time, you know, it, it's so easy to pick up because you kind of know like the different features and what they do. So, yeah. You are the person everybody wants and needs on their team because I feel like tech is it's a headache for so many people. It's like one of those, yes. I, I like tech, like I enjoy it. Maybe it's because I used to work in a tech company, um, but so many people are like, oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> yeah, my favorite clients are the one that's just like, I don't care how it works, just make it happen. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to look at yeah, it. Yeah, make so. it function. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're the perfect person for this conversation. We're going to be talking about um, setting up stress-free tech and automation using your unique 4S framework. Um, now, before we even dive into the details, though, Angela, what does stress-free tech and automation even mean to you? So tech gets messy if you don't, you know, map things out and sit down and really be intentional and strategic with it. So just having a streamlined process that can walk you through each step of the tech and automation setup. And then also it just, it's just a process that you can, if you start feeling overwhelmed, you refer back to it. And I use this process for my own VIP day. And there are times during my VIP day where I start to get overwhelmed and I just go back to this process. So it's just like a, it's just a, a safe space and a safe process that I can refer to over and over again. And I'm excited to share it with everyone. Yeah, it sounds like using this will really help you get everything set up in a way that's going to be easy. Like even if it doesn't feel like it's easy when you're piecing it all together, the goal of tech is to make your life easier if yes. it's set up. Um, yes. And there's so many things to look out for with tech and like at the end of all the setup and you're just like, overwhelmed it's just like is this set up right how do I know if it's set up right like just mm -hmm. so many things yeah okay so what is the first step of your 4s framework so the first step is strategy and this piece is kind of twofold so first piece is you need to be a hundred percent rock solid on your funnel strategy and your customer journey. So take the time to go over the outcome of each step of your funnel and what should happen, you know, after each step of your funnel. So let's say you have a webinar as your lead magnet, what needs to happen after they sign up, what happens if they attend the webinar, if they don't attend, um, if they download your opt-in, all that fun stuff. Um, and then also thinking of things that not only from the consumer's Side, but also from the back end, like all the email tagging that needs to happen or like deadline timer triggers. So that's the first piece. Um, and then the second piece is determining your tech stack. So making sure that the software that you choose will support your funnel strategy and optimization. So, um, and I like to say, taking the time to be strategic with your tech options, you fully understand what you're working with. So you know all the features that you, you're either paying for, and there's all of these free trials now these days that you can test out before you fully commit to a software. That way you don't switch platforms while you're halfway through the setup stage. So that's just so much wasted time and effort that you've already like set something up halfway and you're just like, I don't like this software. It's not user-friendly. And then now you have to like find something else. So 
Yeah, I like to think this is twofold. And I learned this the hard way from a client who's changed her strategy three days after she launched. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, well, now I got to go change everything. So now with my clients, I'm just like, you need to be 100% sure this is what you want before we build out anything at all. I feel like people do that backwards. They're like, oh, let me go shopping for tech before they really know what they even want their tech to do. And then you end up with a stack of tools that doesn't integrate well and doesn't accomplish what you had hoped it would accomplish because Mm -hmm. you didn't even know what you wanted it to do in the first place. Exactly. Or even like, let's say you're in a mastermind and someone in the mastermind uses, you know, this tool. And so you think, oh, I need that too. But, you know, just because it works well for someone else and for someone's business and their funnel doesn't mean that it'll work for you. So just really take the time to be strategic with what you want to use for your funnel. I love that. And that reminder is a great way to not get wrapped up in what the next person is doing. Yes. <laughs> it's so easy to get caught up in. Oh, so, oh, yes. so just got the fancy new tool. I need that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So obviously after the strategy comes the setup, tell us about that. Yeah. So it's basically what it sounds like. You just set up the individual components of your funnel and to keep this as stress-free as possible, I like to do it in chronological order. So start with your freebie, your opt-in, whatever the starting step is, start from that. Then maybe your email tags and automation, your sales pages and your checkout page. And then if you have like a course or membership platform as your ending step of your funnel, then end, end there. And a bonus tip here, as you are creating these components, gather all of the links So the links to your opt-in page, sales page, all of that, and one spreadsheet. And this way, if you're using a tool like Deadline Funnel, where you need the links to like plug in the timers, it'll come in handy. So you have all the links in one place. And it's also just a great spreadsheet to have like all your links in one place. So you don't have to like go into each software and like pull the links. It's all right there, all mapped out for you. So um, yeah, so that's a setup phase and you don't want to worry about integrating any of these components just yet. You just want to focus on setting it up. Um, I like to think of an evergreen funnel, really any funnel as a train ride that your customers are riding on the train and you know the opt-in to sales and checkout pages all these stuffs are like stopping points of the journey and the railroad track like connects all these stopping points you kind of need to like build out the stops first before you can like integrate all of it together so that's where the setup phase comes in second Um, and then we move on to the next phase which is symphonize I love your tip about having a spreadsheet because now I'm like laughing at myself because I, Angela, I would be so embarrassed for you to see how I, <laughs> how I, I, I said, I love tech, but I never said I was organized. So I, I have my URLs and every, like all those important links and tags and stuff in like my notes app on my computer, but like, I never remember what notes app, you know, what like page of the notes app it is. And it's a mess. I'm going to use your, your idea there for a spreadsheet. Yeah. And start, like, a, why start a tab for like all the tags related to that funnel too. And all the automation, just like it houses all the things in one spreadsheet. So. I love that idea. And I have no idea why I didn't think of it before, but thank you for that. <laughs> okay. So we've got all of the stops for the train ride set up. How do we piece all that together? Yes. So 
Symphonize phase was where you integrate your entire funnel and bring it to life. Personally, as a tech and automation geek, it's my favorite part. Um, again, the key here is to do things in chronological order. Um, so starting again with your opt-in, linking the thank you pages to the opt-in, linking the thank you pages to the checkout pages, adding any triggers to any email automations or any um, Zaps and Zapier, if you are using Zapier, go ahead and like add those in. Um, and then also if there's any third party codes where you need to like put in to integrate different softwares, if that's a thing, also do that in this phase. Um, and then the one thing I didn't mention was deadline funnel. If you are using a deadline timer, deadline timer such as deadline funnel, from my experience, it, it is a lot easier to set that up once the setup phase is completed, because again, you'll need like the sales page and the checkout pages to be right. done first before you can even put in the deadline timer. So um, I like to wait for this deadline funnel step in the integrate or symphonize phase, um, just cause it keeps things again, much more stress-free and streamlined. Right, and that's usually where I'm like, oh, I need all my links, deadline funnel needs all my links and I gotta go find them all. <laughs> and you generate all the like the deadline funnel tag links for like emails and stuff like that. So, right. yeah. Do you feel, or what do you feel about the symphonized phase that's the most complicated? Because I feel like that's probably where people get hung up the most, integrating it all together. Yeah, and I can I can see that if you're, you know, if tech scares you. I have so much fun in this. It's like putting a virtual puzzle together. <laughs> it's so much just, I geek out over it. Now, in this phase, is that where testing also happens? Testing happens in the next phase, the okay. showcase phase. So we'll, we'll get into that. Let, let's segue. Let's use that as a natural segue to the showcase phase. <laughs> yes. So it's so, so, so important to test run everything, all the hard work that you've put into this. Um, and my number one tip here is to go back to the strategy phase where you mapped out your funnel strategy and your customer journey and test out all the different scenarios that's possible. So someone opts in for your, if you're using a webinar as your opt-in, someone opts in, signs up, but they don't actually attend and, or they attend, but they don't purchase. So test out all the different scenarios and then also checking off the specific outcomes, not just from the consumer side, but also from the tech side of things. So they register for the webinar from the consumer side, they should get a confirmation email for the link to join the webinar and a couple of reminder emails. And then in the back end, you want to check to see that they were tagged with the registered tag and that they're in the right automation. So um, checking all the things, not just from the consumer side, but also from the tech side. And at the end of this phase, turn on all of your zaps, activate all your automations and sequences and switch any of your pages from test mode to live mode and you're done. Now there are some things that may be hard to test, right? Is there anything that, that you feel like is impossible or very difficult to test? I find that if you are using deadline funnel, sometimes, it is, it takes a while to test out the number of emails that you have versus the amount of time that you have set. Cause you can either do, let's say you have like two days in your um, in deadline funnel as your countdown timer, then you kind of have to map out the number of emails and like play around with the timing so that it matches up to like two days worth of emails. Cause you don't want them getting an email on day three saying that it's still available when the countdown timer has ended. So right. that takes a little bit of time to kind of play around with. So sometimes you may have to do 48 hours versus two days. Um, yeah, that's the only part that 
that gets a little tricky sometimes. Yeah, I've been there. Um, and I'm a big fan of deadline funnel. I think it's an amazing tool. Um, but as with any deadline tool that you're, you know, using on an evergreen basis, it's, it can get a little bit tricky and sticky to, yes. to, to figure that stuff out. You just got to do the best you can. Um, so speaking of tools, this is a big question I get all the time. Um, how do I actually go about choosing the right tech tools for my business? What would you recommend? So be clear on what you want to track metrics wise. So if you want, um, I'm a huge fan of lead pages for opt-ins or landing pages because you can get really good metrics from there. Um, user friendliness, especially if you're going to be in there every day or maybe you have a team member who's going to be in there every day and they, they've mentioned before, I don't like this tool. So maybe like just taking into consideration of user friendliness. Um, because we go back to that whole point of if so-and-so says this tool is great for them, but you find it to be really clunky, like there's really no point in, in trying to set that up for your business. Um, mm -hmm. And then I personally, I know there's a bunch of like all-in-one softwares. Now these days, I'm not a huge fan of them just because they remind me of, do you remember those like the little makeup kits as a little girl that comes with like the eyeshadows and the blushes and the lipsticks like all together yes, in yes. one yep. and you'll get like the eyeshadow and the lipstick and like that's what all-in-one softwares remind <laughs> me of they're not great at one thing they just kind of like do the thing you know? yes I am so glad to hear you say that Angela because I they are my biggest pet peeve and I just feel like they try and sell themselves as like the all-in-one can do everything really well. When in reality, they are, no one can be everything to everyone. Yes. And, you know, technology is no exception to that rule. Yeah. So I, 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 I mean, I'm a little biased because I love integrating all the different yeah. things maybe, but I think that if you have different platforms that are great at doing one specific thing and then integrating them, like that's the best way to go, especially as you're, business scales and grows like all maybe all in one will do great for you in the beginning but as you scale like I think using different platforms is the way to go yeah and I think your personality is definitely a consideration here because like you said earlier if someone on your team doesn't like something or you personally don't like something all in one might be the solution for you because you're a tech person and you have no plans to hire someone like Angela <laughs> or you know like that that might be how it works for you in your brain um but I personally like to choose tools that are meant to do what they're meant to do. Um, and I always use Teachable as an example. Like Teachable is a learning platform first. So they do the course stuff really well. And they have the other stuff. They have the sales pages and they can integrate with your email, which is great. They can also send emails, but not as well as integrating with your email platform. They can do upsells, but not as well as like a Thrive Card or Sam yes. Card or Alternative. So they can do some other things, but what they do really well is the learning stuff. And, yeah. you know, that's what you want to buy them for. So just something to consider. Is there anything else that you feel like is important criteria when shopping for tech? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that was, I think that was, I'm sure I'll remember something at like three o'clock in the morning and I'd be like, oh, I should have said that. <laughs> well, this is also what's something that just came to mind. It's not necessarily a, um, like a tech integration thing, but it's just a consideration, um, the price and your budget. You want to make mm -hmm. sure that if you are going to build out a tech stack that you can actually afford all of the tools that you need to accomplish your goals. Um, 
or else risk running out of money. Yes. <laughs> Which is yeah. Um, no, there are free tools out there. Um, do you yes, have any is. words of wisdom on free versus paid? And what do you think about that? If you are, if you are playing around with a new offer that you don't know if it will convert yet, um, free is great. For example, I use Member Vault for a small product that um, for now it's it's still growing, but eventually I'll move it to something bigger like Kajabi. Um, but free is great for when you're still testing things out and eventually you can move it to other things. Um, if you are testing out a evergreen webinar for the first time, but you don't know how it's going to convert and maybe you don't want to invest in like a big platform such as EverWebinar, a uh, workaround to this is you can upload the video to like YouTube or Vimeo and then just embed it onto a landing page that they can access like on demand after they've opted in. So you can play around with that before, you know, you invest in a bigger software. There are tons of workaround if you're not at that budget to invest in these um, platforms yet. Okay, so let's imagine we've got our funnel all set up. We followed the 4S framework. What do we need to be thinking about um, moving forward? How do we actually maintain this funnel in the long run? Yes, that's a great question. So looking at email open rates, for example, let's say it's your, um, I keep using webinar as an example, but let's say it's your webinar it's confirmation email. <laughs> um, so checking to see what the open rates are for that. If you see that, you know, you have a lot of registrants, but not a lot of people are showing up or not a lot of people are opening that first email, maybe that email is going to spam. So adding little things like on the, on the thank you page for the registration, like check your spam or promotions folder if you don't see the confirmation email. Um, I think I just saw your autoresponder email. There's like a little blurb on there. Like if you're looking for access to this product, like check that, like something like that. It just avoids like um, a gap in the customer journey. So checking things for like email open rates. Um, if you do invest in a webinar platform, they give you analytics, like where do they drop off? Where do they stop watching? How much of the um, webinar are they watching? So like seeing things like that, you can go back and optimize your webinar based on the data that you see there. Um, and then also checkout pages. You can see, you know, what the drop-off rates are there. Um, and then seeing, you know, if maybe there are broken links on your sales pages or things like that. So, yeah. So tech is not perfect as I'm no. sure you know from your experience. <laughs> it is not. So you talked about testing initially, but do you have any best practices for going back and testing on a recurring basis? I like to test every month, once a month, again, all the different scenarios. Um, I also like to add a task in the project manage management systems for my clients to check if they are using Zapier, um, check the task histories, because sometimes you can see when there are zap errors. So you can go back to see because that's also where, you know, possible gaps in your funnel could be. So just going in there every so often to check. And then also another thing is to check for um, your plans. I forgot what the word is called. So let's say you sign up for like the basic plan for a certain software. There's probably limits to like how many contacts you can have, how many like automations you can have and things like that. So if you're noticing that you have to 
upgrade your contacts. Maybe you need to add a task to purge your cold contacts every so often so that they're, you're not paying for them um, all this time. And then also um, there's something else and it's on the tip of my tongue and I can't remember it. <laughs> um, oh yeah, same thing in Zapier with like task limits or like zap limits. If you're noticing that you know, it resets every like two or three to four weeks. So if you're noticing that you've really you're reaching that and you're getting a lot more traffic or you anticipate to get more traffic, just going back in there and maybe like upgrading the plan um, to, to, so that you can handle all the traffic that's coming in. Yeah, those are, those are all good. Like I call them housekeeping things to make sure everything is just running as you expected it to be running because you never know. And, you know, most times these tools will send you emails like, hey, yeah. you reached your limit or hey, it's time to upgrade. But you never know, that could land in spam. It's always good practice to go in and yeah. check for sure. I've had clients over the weekend, because I don't I don't work on weekends, but they get like these emails on Saturdays, Sundays, like 200 zaps weren't able to complete. And that's like 200 possible leads they could have lost. Right. So try, yeah, just set up like a recurring task just to check those. It's just great habit. Yeah, absolutely. So we we mentioned earlier that choosing a tool, the right tech stack is really a personal decision and depends on your own goals with what you want to achieve with your funnel. Um, but you've, you've seen a lot of tools out there. So I can't help but asking, do you have any favorites? Are there any tools that really stand out for you? Yes, I love ActiveCampaign. I'm a huge ActiveCampaign fan. Um, I also love Thrivecart for checkout pages. I think I mentioned lead pages earlier for um, opt-ins. And then if you do have a webinar, using EverWebinar um, is one of my favorites. And then also um, if you use a quiz as your opt-in, Interact is one of my favorites as well. And then I think you mentioned Deadline Funnel. Oh yeah, Deadline um, Funnel. It's like a no-brainer for me. That's like always on the top of my list. <laughs> yes. They just released a new feature called like Portal or something like that. It looks really cool. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to look at it, but I'm intrigued for sure. Um, it, it looks like it's a competitor to some of those like proof source proof, yeah. um, which I am currently using those. So I'm curious if this will work or not. Yeah. Um, Okay, now I have to ask you a maybe a sticky question. So feel free to say no comment. But how do you feel about a tool like ClickFunnels? Because oh. that's like a, a funnel that's quote unquote already connected. So it supposedly eliminates some of these integrations and all that fun stuff. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of ClickFunnels. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not either. <laughs> I had a client who used ClickFunnels and I wanted so badly to tell her like your, your funnel will not scale on this platform. Like it's, it feels as a tech person, it felt clunky to me. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, not a fan of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a, a fan of it either. And I, you know, it just, I bring it up not to slander ClickFunnels, but just mm -hmm. because it's relevant to the conversation of what tools are out there and, you know, ClickFunnels really does market itself as this funnel that's already built. Yeah. Um, but I have a big issue with the fact that it's a recurring cost, um, mm -hmm. number one. And for, with Thrivecart, you can do yes. literally the same things and you pay once and one time pay fee. Again. Yeah. And, and you can set up an affiliate program in there if you'd like. like the ClickFunnels is really set up to take your money forever and a lot of it. <laughs> 
and thrive I think Card if is like... you if you really are looking for an all-in-one platform i would recommend kartra for anyone listening um but yeah stay away from ClickFunnels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i used it i and i say this with experience because i have used it in the past and i was not in love i do and you said clunky and that's the word that stands out to me and that would be my word choice too so i did kind of feel like some of the features were like 1990s a little bit aesthetically speaking yes uh, but yeah all right so <laughs> i'm glad we got your opinion there thank you for sharing that yeah is there anything else you feel like we should talk about that you feel like is important when it comes to setting up stress-free tech and automation? Yeah, so um, I don't know if it relates specifically to stress-free, but there are so many ways where you can la leverage tech and automation to customize or to enhance customer experience. So some basic things like when you're collecting email addresses, collect their first name so you can personalize emails to say like, hey, first name instead of just like, hey there or hey you. Um, or adding steps in your email automations to remove your contacts from the sales sequence after they've purchased because nobody wants to keep getting sales emails after they've already purchased. It's just, it's a little annoying in my opinion because I've already bought your stuff, stop emailing me. Or right. Add in a little blurb on there where, um, where they can opt out of the sales email just in case it's not a good time for them now to purchase, but it doesn't completely remove them from your email list. So giving them that option, because um, sometimes you can get, I've seen as a general VA, people emailing in like, I've already purchased, stop emailing me, or I don't want to get these sales emails anymore, but I want to stay on your email list. So adding little things like that to kind of remove some of the manual work that you might have to do. Um, and then tagging is so important, just tagging like when they've registered or signed up for your opt-in, if they've purchased your product, that way you can segment your list better. So just simple things like that, where you can enhance the customer experience by using tech and automation it also just makes things, makes things a little bit stress-free. So I love that. I always, um, you know how the, so I send multiple emails on the last day of checkout yes. for, for a product um, launch. And typically it's three. And that third last email that's like, hey, the cart's really closing right now. I only send that to people who have expressed interest in the launch. Yeah. Um, and I do that through tagging. So they would have had to click or view the yeah. sales page or any link in the launch sequence at some point in the last week or so. And um, that way I'm minimizing the unnecessary unsubscribes from people who are just annoyed with the launch and only showing it to people who really care. So that's yes. one That's one way that I've leveraged the tagging uh, to help maximize results. Um, but I also have found that excluding emails from sales is best practice and there are holes in that process because people have lots of email addresses these days. So I do both. I exclude people who have bought, but I also have that opt out at the bottom saying if you don't yeah. want to get these emails because I, I mean, I know I have like five different email addresses. I know, me too. I have, just because of all the testing that I do, I have like at least three to five emails. Right? So it's yeah. Just like, yeah. And mo most people do. So it's it's best practice to do these things, but there are also loopholes and things that can go wrong. So mm -hmm. covering your, your bases is always important. Yeah. All right, Angela, this has been so amazing. And for everybody who wants to continue learning from you, where can we find you online? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at the systems RX, or you can head on over to my website at thesystemsrx.com. 
And on your website, when you scroll down to the bottom, people can grab the Evergreen Funnel Tech Strategy Guide. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, so that is going to cover that first step of my framework, the strategy phase. It's a long list of questions that helps go helps you go through the different outcomes for your funnel so you can get super clear on your funnel strategy and customer journey before you start building out any of the tech and automation pieces and then also some prompts to guide you on choosing the right tools for your funnel. Amazing. Angela, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Rebel Boss. Do you want to learn how to launch your digital product in the next 90 days? If yes, grab the free roadmap over at edenfree.com forward slash RBL. That's edenfree.com forward slash RBL. Thank you so much for listening. If you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review and a share on social media. Your support really does mean the world. I'm your host, Eden Freed. And remember, keep kicking ass keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. We'll see you next time.